times stuff, um, the rapture, the second coming of Christ. Um, and, and we were reminded that we're meant to comfort one another with these things. Um, because we are not of the night, so we're not going to be caught off guard like in the night. We're of the day. And God hasn't, he's not assigned us to that wrath, right? That was done on the cross through Jesus. And so Paul's kind of closing up the letter with some encouragements. Remember, recap, big recap. Uh, this church was established in like three weeks, under a month for sure. Uh, and so Paul is reaching out to him and he was making sure they were doing well. Persecution, he knew was coming. He knew it was going to be really rough on him. And he found out by sending Timothy, they were doing well. Everything was going good. Uh, but he wanted to check in and encourage them with some of the issues he had heard they were having. Timothy had obviously brought them back. Um, it's important to note, every church, every person has issues, right? And so uh, we all have stuff we need to address. And so Paul has been doing that, even though he's been very active in saying how, you know, in, in uh, commending them for their, their faith and their ability to endure struggle and persecution, even as young believers, uh, they've been abounding in love. And so Paul's encouraging them to continue that and to be aware of the, of the pitfalls and the things that could come in and kind of mess that up. So um, verse 12, we'll read it. If you guys want to stand up, we'll read it together and then we'll pray and then get into it. All right. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you um, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that you'd speak to us as we dive into it. Pray that you would, um, you know, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Give us eyes to see what you want us to see here, what you want us to hear. Give us just a, a heart that's ready to change and turn, Lord, that we would uh, be just receptive and we would be moldable and shapeable, Lord, because we don't want to, we know we could get stuck in our ways, but you know we can get kind of messed up. We don't want that. We want to follow you. We want to honor you. And we want to grow where we need to grow. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys may be seated. All right. Verse 12. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Paul is encouraging them, and he says, and we urge you. So remember, Paul was not on an island, which is important to understand. It was not just Paul writing these. A lot of times it wasn't even Paul writing them. He'd be dictating, and it'd be you know, written by someone else, and, and he'd say, see, you know, I, I've signed this with my own hand. See with what large letters I've written. And, uh, but Paul had, he, he always had a community around him, which is really important. But So he's saying, from us, we urge you. Uh, me and my crew, we urge you uh, as brethren, brothers and sisters. 
So, you know, as remember, we're connected, we're united to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So what he's, he's reminding them is to recognize those who've been put in leadership. Um, this would be like, yeah, leaders in the church uh, and to recognize that the Lord has brought that position about. He's put them in that position, the work of the ministry, the shepherds who are guiding, instructing, and correcting, Right? Those are who, you, who are over you in the Lord. It's important that these people who are in leadership are over you in the Lord. Like they're doing it as unto the Lord, empowered by the Lord, with his best interest in mind. Uh, we know that's easy. There can be, sh- you know, wolves amongst sheep, you know. And, and uh, so we got to be careful. We got to know, hey, these are the people that are in the Lord, trying to lead you, trying to guide you, and to admonish you. Uh, and admonishes, it's like a correcting word um, to help you to see things, to, that God's given them an insight to be able to be involved in your life. This in no way makes, um, no, no one in the church has a higher rank before the Lord, uh, but God gives positions to different people for different reasons uh, as he sees fit. And so it's important to understand that. Uh, verse 13, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, uh, be at peace among yourselves. So esteem them highly in love. It's, it's a little awkward teaching on like how you're supposed to esteem a, like a pastor or, or elder in love when you are that person. Um, hey guys, this is, this is, I really feel like this one's from the Lord. You know, no, whatever. But it's in there. And I think there's, I, I, there's some interesting things I kind of noted, I guess, in thinking of that. Um, but it's to esteem them highly in love for their work's sake. Um, to, to, to love them. Uh, I think that's important because um, especially in the day and age we live in, we live in a Yelp culture, right? Where it's so easy to be like, I mean, some of the Yelp reviews I've read, because I like doing that when I'm going to go somewhere, I'll be like, all right, what's the Yelp reviews? And someone, you know, there's some ridiculous stuff, you know, it's like, I, I cut my finger on their paper, their paper menu, one star, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, who knows? It's, it's so easy to be ultra hyper critical. I mean, and that, that's really, really a, a major sin of our culture right now is the, the ultra critical uh, where we're, we're looking at every little thing and dissecting every little thing. Um, while, while we ourselves have, do not have our house in order at all, right? Like, I can't believe it. It's like this. And you're like, well, what, what about you? Well, no, it's not about me. It's about them. It's so much e- I'd rather fix someone else's life, not mine. Mine's harder to fix, you know. So there's something about that where when you are esteeming one another in love, it doesn't mean you don't see issues. It means that it's all filtered with love, right? And so I would be really careful here because I think you can actually esteem them too highly too as well. I think sometimes pastors get like a, a free pass or leaders get a free pass uh, when they start doing some really bad, nasty leadership stuff. And they go, well, I don't know. God put them here. I don't know. Ah, they're really effective. Oh, they're a good speaker. Oh, this and that. Be careful. That's not good. You know, that's, I think that's like really, really toxic too. So it's, it's with this kind of eyes wide open, but remember it's in love. Kind of like you think about with your own family. You go, you know, I know every you know all the flaws of your own family members, right? Like I had to think about my kids, and I could list it all out. I know, I know where they've got their pro, they're like really good strengths, and I know stuff, hey, that's stuff that they could work on. 
And so I'm going to list them out today. No, I'm not, Canon. Canon's in here, so <laughs> don't worry. But I, I see that, but it's all filtered with love. It's like, I, and the reason I see it and, and the reason I will even address it is not to make myself feel better, but to encourage them. And it's not to smash down, it's but to see growth, to see life, to see grow in that sense. So when things are uh, filtered through love, it's got a different flavor to it, right? Uh, for their work's sake. So esteem them very highly for their work's sake. What's going on? And be at peace among yourselves. Uh, this is a real thing. This is why he's bringing it up, right? Uh, if, an, if a pastor's honestly like trying or a leader's honestly trying to serve the Lord, faults and all, you can, you can definitely bet that they have an, an immense amount of spiritual warfare on their back you don't even know about. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I did not see it coming <laughs> like the way I, I, that it really does, that it did, you know? And I'd hear about it and I, I've been, you know, as soon as you get into ministry, it gets more gnarly, but I'm, there's something about where you feel like you were, God's put you in the position to lead a church. There's a lot of warfare. There's a lot of like, talking to yourself because you're just like ah it's like battle and Tori's like what's going on I'm like nothing she's like no there's not nothing I know there's not there's something going on in your head what's happening and it's like these there can be attacks and there can be others so understanding that I think helps too uh to know hey look there's a lot of warfare involved we need to love one another um you know and, and it's often it can often even be manifest through the people who the pastor's calling to serve. <laughs> so be careful, please. You know, try your best. We're all going to bum each other out at times. Uh, and that's okay. And I'm sorry for when I do, because I will. And I have. I know probably all you guys could be like, I have, I have them noted. They're in my Bible. I wrote them down. Um, it's okay. I, I have them noted, too, that I've let myself down. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's all part of that understanding, though, we're in this together and, and to like love on one another, encourage one another through it. Be at peace. That's important. The world is warring and the divided church, we got to do better, right? We got to be at peace and we got to like give the benefit of the doubt to one another. You know, um, I, I've gotten to know some other pastors really well and, and it's, it's interesting when you get to know them um, a lot of the stories can be very similar, and, and I've had it many times, none of you, because you guys are awesome, but where people will come in, and they don't usually last very long, but they'll come in, and they'll have a laundry list of what's wrong with some church down the street, and you're like, okay, and you're like, well, that, that could be legitimate, because sometimes it is legitimate, but then they, like, they start naming the one before it that they were at for a couple months, and then the one before that one they were at for a couple months, and you're like, you know, I think I know of an even better church for you that's not here, because um, you're like, you're, you're next, I'm next, it'll be me, you know, uh, but that, that can be a toxic kind of a thing where we got to watch for ourselves, because God wants us to be at peace with one another in unity. Again, it doesn't mean blind eyes. It doesn't mean throwing out the truth or being dishonest or, or you know, whatever. It, it, but it does mean in love. As believers, the world is warring, right? And we can make, we really can make mountain, uh, mole, mountains out of molehills very easily. Um, we've been talking a lot in my theology classes about um, kind of figuring out 
where we as church, because, you know, everyone's got a little bit of a different flavor, and doctrinally, theologically, um, there's, the church is diverse, right? There's a lot of different kind of things, and there's some stuff I'm really uncomfortable with that's become more mainstream, and then there's some things you go, ah, I just don't know, it's really not my thing, or I don't really feel like, ah, I don't see that, uh, or but uh, we kind of have this framework that, that we've been working out, and I think it's really important. And I was talking to Billy about it. I might use this. We might do, like, a separate message on just this um, at some point, like kind of like a topical. Uh, but there are issues we must be willing to die for as believers, right? And so it, it all... It, let me give you, I guess, the quick summary here. There's things we're to die for. There's things we're to divide for. There's things we're to debate for. And there are things we're to decide for. Okay? And so helping to understand where things go uh, helps us to be more in unity as believers. Things we die for. Can anybody give me an example of something you think, as a believer, you would say, let's die for this? Right? Yeah, what? Anybody? Right, right, yep, Den- renou- renouncing or denouncing, yeah, or Jesus. I- I'd say just straight up the gospel, right, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, risen again, right? This would be something like that, right? These are, that's a die for. These are things we're willing to die for, not turning our back on him, following him. No ma- we, you know what's interesting, though, is we put a lot of things in, like, the die for category, you know? Like, are you going to die for uh, do you do adult or infant baptism? I would die for this. Oh gosh, I hope not. Right? You can have your, you know, anyway. Divide for. There's things you divide for. Where you go, hey, listen, um, we, all the salvation stuff's the same. We could say we're brothers and sisters, but we're not going to be able to go down the same road together. We're, it's just going to be hard. We're going to be constantly butting heads, and it's just not a good thing. We just don't fit together, you know? It's just not a good fit. And, and maybe there's a church that's like kind of better for that, and, and I know why I think the things I think, and I really believe it's supported by Scripture. Both believers, you know, yeah. Debate for. This would be uh, probably there's a lot more in debate for than we would think. Debate for is stuff that you can... You can go to task with one another. And actually, that's something that's been really cool in our classes is we hammer it out. And, and it's almost like it gets a little heated, but no one divides and leaves the class. I'm out of here. I can't be in the same room as this person. No one's definitely dying for it. I'll die for this. You know, it's like, calm down, you know. Debate for. And then there's the things to discuss for. It's kind of fun to talk about. Hmm, I don't really know, you know. That's, oh, that's an interesting thought. I did not really thought about that. But understanding this helps us to live in unity and at peace with one another. It's to know what we believe and really where it's, how high on the tier we need to put it, right? Because if we don't get that right, say we're too loose and everything's a debate for, uh, man, we're going to miss out on the power of the gospel because we've, we've taken out the real power of the message, Right? But say everything that is a die-for issue, we will constantly devour one another, divide on every little issue. And that's not something we want to do either. So these are important tools, I think, that kind of help us. And uh, so, yeah, that, yeah, I don't know. Seemed helpful to me, useful to me. Um, so he says, um, 
Oh, at, earlier in the chapter, in, uh, or in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, uh, as he's talking about like being living at peace or being at peace among yourselves, he reminded them of some really good wisdom. And this is kind of like shoring that up. Concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. Brotherly love is a big theme here, right? For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. They were loving, and he's encouraging them to increase in that love, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we've commanded you. That's a life of peace, right? Love one another, encouraging one another, lead a quiet life, mind your own stinking business as much as possible, <laughs> and work with your hands. Don't be lazy. Verse 14 says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. Uh, so, the idea of the unruly, we exhort you, we're encouraging you. Again, brothers and sisters, warn those who are unruly. That's disorderly, okay? Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. The faint-hearted, that's weird. Don't say it like that. Uh, discourage, that would be like the discouraged people. Comfort the discouraged people. Um, uphold the weak. Who are the weak? That would be those, the word for weak there is actually like sick. Uh, and what he's talking about is those who are spiritually lacking, right? He's ta he talks about that earlier in the epistle. Again, those who are, are caught up in sin saying, man, we got to get out of this lifestyle. Remembering it was, especially at the time, is a sexual, weird sexual thing where they grew up in a crazy, crazy, gnarly system. And remember I read that quote about how uh, a man would have like, you know, a wife for this and a mistress for this and a, you know, whatever for this and have all these different things and it was totally acceptable. And so they were being called out of the world into like a new way of living. But some of them were continuing to live in the weakness they were in before. So he's warning them. He's saying, or he's encouraging those, hey, you guys are weak. It's important to understand. Um, I, actually, some of the wording uh, in the translation, it means like warn the quitters whose soul is small. Ooh, yikes, you know. A lot of times we're like, hey, you're supposed to be careful for the weak, weaker brother. And, and I, I've heard it said, or do you really want to be the weak one? Is that something you really want to hold on to? And, and I understand even right now in our society, in our culture, being a victim is like a really, really powerful thing, you know? And so it, it, it's something where you get a lot of attention. You might not have to work as hard. You might be able to get by on certain things. But is that really how we want to live our lives? Do we want to be stuck in being like weak forever? Or do we want to grow and move forward? So he's saying, brethren, warn those who are unruly, right? Be with those who are disorderly, who are living lives that are outside of where they're supposed to be. Comfort the faint-hearted, you know, or the discouraged, and uphold the weak. Help encourage those who are weak. But the goal is that the weak would not remain weak. This is not talking about physical, right? This is talking about spiritual weakness, right? And there's lots of warnings about that. Like, you guys are still on the milk. You've got to get on the meat. Come on. You're better than this. 
You know, like God has so much more for you, but you, we, we can't, it's so easy to, to cap ourselves off and restrict ourselves. I can't do that. Ah, oh, no, I'll always be this or I'll always do that. Yeah, they, no, you won't. You don't have to, right? If the Lord's living in you, he can, he can change that, right? But, but it is important, even as we see, we, not, to, not to be like over the top, comfort them, still help them, right? Tell them the truth, be real with them, but help them, encourage them as you go, uh, and be patient with all. Patience is brutal, brutal, right? And it's like no one wants to deal with patience. You know, wait, wait, I don't want to wait. You know, and I, I, I feel in myself, there's, I used to be kind of patient, but like now you're like, ugh. I feel like the more busy I am, the less I have any patience for anything. Like, why is Photoshop not opening on my computer? You know, like, ah, you know, it's like, it took 30 seconds, you know. An update? Are you kidding me? Do you think I have time for an update? Slow down. Maybe you should have time. Be patient. But especially be patient with one another. Because think about all the times that People have been patient with you and really recognize all the times God has been so patient with you. And this really sets up a church and a community that is so beautiful and so fun to be a part of, right? So even when you see people and you see them that they're weak, the, those who, are, who are, are stronger are coming around them and encouraging them and building them up and speaking, hey, maybe speaking truth, but all doing it in love while being patient and allowing God to work. This is really, really a beautiful thing. And it's, again, I, mean, I feel like we're saying this every week, but it is so radically counterculture to everything else around us. So it, it will shine. We are not people of the of, of the night, but of the day. We are of the light. So we will look different than the dark. We will stand out. And that will be like our, and that, that will be like our message. I, I spoke at the Bible college this last week and uh, I was talking about Moses being alone with the Lord and it was something I've done before and, and how important it was for, for God to come and be with Israel and dwell with Israel and, and, and how when the sin the calf and all that was broke that, did it at camp too, um, messed the whole thing up, right? And, and then so Moses is like, yeah, you can go in without, with, God's like, you can go in to the land, but I'm not going with you. And he realized, I need to be with you. He needed the presence of the Lord being with him and leading him. And so I said, this is what the world's looking for. And so I had these students come up. They all came up and talked to me afterwards, which was really fun. One of them said, do you think the world really wants to see that? I said, that's a good question. Do you think the world really wants to see the light? Do you think that'll make a difference? Do you think it'll be like, do you think that that is, because I was, I was appealing to, this is really what they're looking for. And I said, I think they want to see it whether they know they want to see it or not. And they might want to try and silence that. And that's kind of like the whole Stephen thing, right? Where they're like closing off their ears. He's looking like an angel and they're just trying to kill him. But it affected the apostle Paul, which I believe honestly like was part one of his salvation. And so it might be really offensive. They might lash out in a really weird way because it will point and push on something in them that they know they is, is there and they don't want to deal with it. So the answer is, hey, does the world really want to see this? They do whether they know it or not. 
And a lot of times, it takes a lot longer to find out if it really was effective than right now. We want right now. You know? Remember, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to confess something before you. Maybe you're good at this. I'm not. I'm terrible. This is like my, probably the weakest I am in any sort of Christian ministry, whatever. You're like, oh, no, don't be so humble. You're also bad at this. Um, street witnessing. I am the worst street witnesser in the world. And it's like, I, I actually like, I am, I just, I cannot do it. And some of you can. Rick's got an ongoing like uh, street witnessing ministry that's, that's dynamic, you know, he's always telling us about people getting saved and all this and that. I took a class in it, and I think I, I mentioned this. My friend reminded me. He came out and visited once when we were at the school, and, and he came and went to the class with me. He's like, I remember your street witnessing class at the mall. He says, I remember you, you said, oh, yeah, I pretty much just kick it over here and eat cheesesteak, eat a cheesesteak until we're done with class. I couldn't do it. It was like so, I, I just felt like it's so hard for me to, to relate in that way, right? Hey, Hi, how you doing? I'd like to talk to you about your eternal salvation. You know, it's, it's like, I, I, it's a great thing. But for me, it's like so hard to get to that point. I could do it in other ways, but it, it's just, it's a real weakness for me. I struggle with that, you know? But everyone I've ever seen come to Christ, it's over a span of time. It's been over people seeing dynamic change. And, and, or, you know, I've gotten to pray with a lot of people where they raise their hand, even at church or, or at camps or whatever events, stuff like that. But it's usually done over time. And I know for myself, it was a process, right? And so us living in this way, just because you don't think you see results, you don't understand. Be patient because there's something going on. The Lord is moving and working. And there's been many people in my life I've given up on that I've seen the Lord do dramatic, amazing, wonderful things. And you're always bummed you gave up on it. Yeah. I should have just, I wish I would have been able to say, hey, I knew God was going to do something. Instead of going, eh, forget it. That one's done, you know. God's not that strong, you know. He can't do it that much later. No, a lot of times he wants to. Have you been faithful to pray? Have you been faithful to love on them? Have you been patiently enduring and loving on one another? This is important. Verse 15, some other really, 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 really good advice for the church. Then, now, forever. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. This is simple. It's practical. It's true. We really do try to hurt each other sometimes, right? Have you heard the saying, hurt people hurt people, right? And it's so true. You know, a lot of times the the bullied become the bullies, you know, because it's like a way you feel like you can control this in your life and do these things. And, and so hurt people, hurt people. But he says, see that no one, this is in the church, renders evil for evil to anyone, right? We got to stop that right there. And, and we have a perfect example in Jesus. Because the more you do that, the more you live evil for evil, it just keeps escalating, you know? It's like when stuff would go down and, and maybe somebody does something to someone's friend and then they do something to them, and it just kind of keeps on escalating. And then things get worse and they get worse and they get worse. Uh, it can even happen in something as simple as pranks, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, ha, 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 I sprayed you with water. Oh, ha, 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 I lit your car on fire. Oh, you know, whatever. 
You're like, okay, this escalated. Yeah, you guys have never done that prank. I hope, yeah. No, me neither. Uh, But I haven't. I really haven't. But things escalate. Don't render evil for evil to anyone. Right? That's, That's the idea of being patient, forgiving, loving to one another. Don't lash out. One of the hardest things to teach is, is like, I understand, especially when you're kids, when you have kids and you see they're hurt by something and you go, I understand the hurt you're feeling, but understand the place where that person hurt you from, it, it's their hurt too. It's, 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 it's hard to understand that. And so you got to like look at it and go, they're responsible for that. They're accountable for that. But when you are going to choose to now react it's going to just get worse for you. And your heart gets poisoned more and more. We love holding on to grudges and anger. And it's just poison. We just keep on ingesting it. And it just keeps on destroying us from the inside out. So see that no one, this is to the leadership, see that no one renders evil to evil, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. That's the important thing to understand. When you're rendering evil for evil, it's bad for both parties. So do what's good for both. Good for the person, good for you. There's nothing better than forgiving someone, even though it feels like the worst possible thing at the time. Like, I want justice for this person. Well, do you want justice for you on all the stuff you've done wrong? We're enraged by the, the uh, parable of the unmerciful servant, right? Unmerciful, yeah. The guy who ends up major debt, gets forgiven, and then he just takes this other guy for this little bit of debt to court. You're like, you are so ungrateful and obnoxious. And that is exactly what we are when we render evil for evil. It's like, man, you have been forgiven of like a, uh, just a mile-long list of, of, of like horrible things. I, I, the wrath has been poured out. It's all been dealt with. You've been made free. Please don't put them in bondage or yourself in bondage anymore. So do what's good for both of you, yourselves, and for all. Verse 16, rejoice always. Here's a good way to keep, remember, be forgiving. Forgive one another. Rejoice always. This is such good advice. I think this little section right here is definitely worth writing down somewhere, you know, a note somewhere in your house or something. Rejoice always. Always rejoice. That's kind of the thing where, you know, Thanksgiving where we get together. Rejoice. Be thankful. Man, a thankful heart, it's like it lifts yourself up so much and then God gets so much glory, so much credit. And then it helps even your prayer life, right? We remember the things God's done. We remember how faithful he's been in our lives. Man, look back at your life. Think about how faithful he's been every step of the way. Rejoice always. What else? Pray without ceasing. Get, the, get that dialogue going. You know, when you're praying without ceasing, it, it helps you to not like gossip or to badmouth or anything like that because you're just praying with God. And so then when you bring it to him, you're going to sound really foolish trying to like bring up evil and how it's okay, you know? So rejoicing always, reminding yourself of everything God's done, praying without ceasing. This doesn't mean that like, you have to actually literally be praying without ceasing, you know, like where everyone here is just like, like I mean, as far as like, audibly like with your hands like this and um it's like 
there was 52 accidents leaving Calvary Carlsbad this week because everyone was praying with their eyes closed as they were leaving, you know, and praying that God would lead them by faith. No. The idea of praying without ceasing is an, yeah, ongoing dialogue. You and the Lord. This is what Christ accomplished on the cross. This is what was lost in Eden. This is what was somewhat gained back at Sinai right? Having a relationship with God in the camp again, and now fully restored the curtain torn into relationship with God. This is what we were created to have. It's a piece of eternity of heaven now. It's the kingdom relationally. God's moving and working, and we're together praying without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. So see, you should bring something to Thanksgiving. You should have something. I'm not going to make you say it, but you should have something in your head anyway. And everything give thanks. Now check this out. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God for those who are in Christ Jesus. You can't do any of this without Jesus. So Jesus opened up the way so now we can have this kind of access. So this is the will of God. God, I don't know what your will is for for my life. Rejoice always. Right? No, I wanted to know if I was like supposed to do this cool job or not. Don't worry about that. That'll come. You can reveal that later. This is something you know. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. You will be a different person if you do this. You know, it's like all the poison's going to have a hard time existing with all this positivity. <laughs> really, it's not just positively. It's the, it's the spirit of the, the living God moving and actively working in our lives. And we all need to work on this. I mean, I know. I'm like, uh, Yeah especially because we don't like rejoicing always. We like complaining. It's fun to complain, you know. Can I just rant to you? I don't know. I don't know. Can you? Should you? You know, sometimes, yeah, it's okay to be honest, be real where you're at, but it becomes really toxic when it's like, that's all you do and that's all you want to do and all you want to see is the negative and everything. I don't understand because I can do that. I can be really good at that. Not gifted at at, uh, street evangelism, very gifted at ranting, you know. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. That's a good one, right? Don't quench the spirit. The Holy Spirit is this partner. I've been writing doctrinal statements for my class. It's been really interesting. We're talking about the work of God and how they all work out. The Holy person of God, the Holy Spirit, right? So you got the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent to, to guide us, to partner and to lead and to be this helper that was working and actively convicting the world of sin and speaking truth and and then being used to and giving us gifts that would help us to minister in such a miraculous way and to to walk this thing out remember jesus said if i don't leave the holy spirit can't come you want the helper to come don't quench the spirit Right? How do we quench the spirit? All that other junk, evil for evil, uh, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, being uh, unruly, you know, staying weak. Don't quench the spirit. Then he says, do not despise prophecies. Uh, That means don't despise spiritual gifts. I think part of uh, Satan's scheme is he's made spiritual gifts seem so weird and so fanatical that, like, oh, that belongs to all the weirdos who are like, convulsing in the, you know, aisles or whatever, you know, and stuff like that. And you're like, that is like, he's been very effective at making you not want to do something that he over and over again in scripture says he wants to do in the church is to use these gifts to do what? What are the gifts for? Do you guys remember? To do what? 
edify the body, the church. So don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies, right? Don't despise prophecies. That can be prophecies past where God's used men to speak into our life. We're, we, it's always amazing when a prophecy gets fulfilled. But there's also the prophetic realm where God can speak into people's lives, give you words. And I've seen it. I've experienced it. The fact that I'm here is a direct result of that by two different people with the same message that did not know each other. It's pretty wild. And it it all confirmed what God was doing in Scripture, but God wants to do that stuff. So we want to be open to that, right? Test all things. Here's Here's how you don't get weird. Test all things, right? We got we to gotta have an open heart, but we got to be engaged spiritually. Lord, is this of you? Is this something good? Is this something bad? Um, hold fast to what is good um, and abstain from every form of evil. But test all things. Uh, quick story, because I've never had this experience happen to me, but I remember hearing it once at the packing house where um, I got involved in ministry and God really changed my life. Years ago, it was a Sunday night service, and it was pretty relaxed. And um, I'm not, I guess a guy uh, was speaking in tongues. A guy started speaking in tongues. And all the ushers were, like, descending on him to lay hands, you know, like, right in the middle. It was, like, loud during it, you know. He did it, like, right before. It was, like, probably kind of out of order. But anyway, everyone was, like, hearing it, and they're, like, we better go get him. And then the pastor said... I think he knew it was from the Lord. He sensed it because he was testing it. He was, you know, sensitive to the spirit. He says, does somebody have an interpretation? And someone did. And it was dynamic. And it was like, and I remember everyone that was a part of it was blown away by what God had done. And so sometimes we can be so quick to, you know, we don't even have to test it. We just throw it out, right? No, but test it. Be be aware, be testing it. Uh, recognize there's a lot of counterfeit stuff out there. But the spirit moving is a real thing. And it's very much all over the Bible. And he's telling us, encouraging us to desire these things, to ask God to use these things in our lives, to do it well. And we really need more opportunities for this, I think, um, where you let the Lord move. And, and, and that's something that's definitely on my radar, where there's more time just to sit around and maybe even just worship simple guitar and just like wait hey lord what do you want to do be open to that right but then to test things that's important hold fast to what is good out with the bad hold fast to what is good grab onto it see hey lord i want what you have for me but then abstain from every form of evil right every form of evil abstain from it have nothing to do with it Right? Don't even dabble in it. Evil, evil is like, it's not worth it. You have no clue. Because I think the most gnarly evil is, is self-righteousness. Because we actually think it's good. Even though it's very clearly not. We actually think the thing we're doing is like a good thing. Like, and, and you should be commended for what you've, what, how you know, pious and everything you are. And I mean, how many more chapters do we have to have in the Bible about the Pharisees to understand? It's like, man, that is a real threat to all of us, but to abstain from every form of evil. I think if the church, our church, the church, 
was more about this, I mean, it would be a lot more powerful. But I think evil's kind of got a seat in so many of our lives, you know, where we just kind of allow it to stick around and, and completely like thwart everything. I'm a huge cold water fan, big cold water fan. You know, my house, it's divided. You know, my wife, she likes lukewarm water. I cannot stand it. I like cold. Give me cold. And so, so I'm always, I have to put it in the fridge. You know, you get the water from the thing. You put it in the fridge. And um, having a nice meal, especially when it's a hot day, and I come in and I find there's no water. Ugh. Drives me nuts, right? Or, or sometimes I'll have like it half full and I didn't fully drink it. So it went warm. And so you put a little bit of cold and, we, and you don't have, you're like, there's a thing called ice. <sighs> okay. I know, but you know, what if you don't have ice? Okay, anyway. But you say you have it, it's like this, and you add a little bit of cold to like a completely warm one. It's just like, ugh. Just, just, let me just drink the warm really quick to get rid of it so I can have the cold. You know, I just, ah, right? But there's something about like when there's a certain, fla- like uh, whatever the, the, the t- temperature you want, if there's too much of something else in it, it ruins it. You know, it just, it, for me, it just ruins it. Like, so you say you have a nice hot drink and you want a hot drink. You put some ice cubes in it and it just kind of makes it, eh, you know, don't want that. Right? It's, it's either got to be hot or it's cold. And the Lord's cl- pretty clear about that, right? And when you're speaking of Laodicea in Revelation, like, you know, hot or cold, I'm, lukewarm, I'm spitting it out. So we, it's so easy for us to allow things to remain. And it, all it does is it just ruins, ruins us and the work that God wants to do in us. And so it's like taking it really seriously is important. And how do you do that? Well, you recognize, man, these things are toxic in my life, right? If I want to stay small and not grow, if I'm choosing to stay weak, um, that's toxic. That's, that's like letting evil win. That's remaining just where you don't belong. That is not of God, right? And if we're allowing ourselves to repay evil for evil or constantly have a grudge, constantly have beef with someone, constantly divide over everything, complain about every little thing everywhere while, rec- while not dealing with our own house at all, it's like, I see a little speck in your eye. We'll get the log out of your eye first, right? These are all toxic things that, that lead to the quenching of the spirit and lead to like an evil thing. It's like messes us up, man. So God wants to free us from these things. He wants to help us to follow him, right? And to, and to be with us. That's the whole thing. Rejoice always thankful. God, you're so good. I have so many things to be thankful for of eternity. I have every, all of this, right? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, right? Lord, I'm struggling. And, and you know what? That's a prayer. That's a really good prayer. God, I want to do something not good right now. <laughs> I, it is in me to really blow this thing up, you know? And it's worth recognizing that because I think another problem we have is when we think, um, I got this under control. You, you don't. You're this close to ruining everything. So it's like, God, I, uh, I feel like angered and I feel like I could just completely ruin a bunch of relationships right now. Help me. 
you know, praying without see, and then just give, being thankful for God's faithfulness in your life, remembering everything he's done, everything he's doing, and all the blessings that surround you. Man, I am so blessed. Help me to live like that, right? So these are practical things. Paul wanted this young church to know so that they would become strong and grow. This is the point. I want you to grow. So don't look around and think, how come no one else is growing? Ask yourself, why am I not growing like the way I should be? You know, why isn't everybody else like this? Are you? We have to ask ourselves that because this process, it doesn't end when you turn a certain age, you know? It's not like, oh, I've arrived. It's no, it's a constant thing. You're going to grow. As, so don't allow Satan to have a foothold and grip and ruin and just you know, mess everything up. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word uh, this morning and, and just thank you so much for your grace.